We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome. Today we have both Laurel Sykes from Montecito Bank and Trust and Vicki Johnson. So welcome to both of you. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. So just so your listeners remember, Laurel Sykes is the Senior Vice President for Montecito Bank and Trust. She is the Chief Risk Officer at the bank. And Laurel reminded both of us that this is National Caregivers Month. And I think she's going to talk today about some of the risks of taking care of other people's money. So, Laurel, this is a very timely topic and uh, welcome. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. As Vicki mentioned, it is National Family Caregivers Month, and it's really there to honor those of us, and I'm sure all of the those of us on the phone included, it's family caregivers who, who are not paid and potentially taking care of their aging parents, their adult children, and maybe relying on a paid caregiver or have someone helping with finance in these situations. So we thought today we would go over some of the risks associated with having other people manage your money and red flags that we all can look out for when speaking with parents or loved ones or friends or neighbors, and then maybe some things that we could do to to mitigate risks when you are having somebody help with your money. That sounds perfect. Very, very timely. Always an important topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Well, I think a lot of the times on these presentations, we focus quite a bit on fraud and fraud committed by external parties. And the important thing to note is that it's been reported by the National Center on Elder Abuse that 90% of perpetrators of crimes are family members or potentially people that the victims know well, like their neighbors or friends or caregivers or people that they've got helping them around the house. So as we're with our loved ones over the holidays, I, I thought it would be good for us to be aware of some of the red flags that might be present when you're speaking with your loved ones and things to watch for. Now, there's a couple of different ways that people can have someone manage money on their behalf at their bank. One would be by having them added as what's called a a joint account holder. And that really is a challenge and and not one that we recommend because when you add someone as a joint account holder, they basically have access to do whatever they wish with the funds in the account, and it may or may not be in your benefit. A second thing that we see happening is where someone comes in and adds a power of attorney to their account. Power of attorney is is a legal document, and it's used by an individual to allow someone else to act on their behalf. Usually an attorney will help you put it together, and it's typically planned for incapacity because that individual can stand in for you when you can no longer make or communicate financial decisions. So it's all well and good when done for good intentions, and it's generally durable, so it's going to continue if you do ever become incapacitated. Power of attorneys are great. They enhance your ability to maintain your independence because it authorizes this trusted person to act on your behalf, and you don't have to go through the appointment of of a guardian, but it does give a great deal of authority to that person without the right oversight or standards for how you want them to manage that account. And there's a couple of things that may happen. You know, a power of attorney abuse can take a lot of different forms. That person may be spending the principal's money for self-dealing. Maybe you see them buying him or herself a car rather than paying for nursing care. Maybe bills aren't being paid on time. They're making gifts of the principal's property in the account when that power really hasn't been granted. 
and it could also be used to commit fraud or, or embezzlement on that account. So, Laura, let me ask you a question about this. Let's say that you do give somebody power of attorney over your finances or over your a particular bank account. If you get wind of the fact that they're not using that power of attorney properly, that they are taking your money and spending it on themselves or that they're not paying your bills, which is what they're supposed to be doing, can you revoke that power of attorney? That's a good question, and it's going to depend on the situation. Unfortunately, if the power of attorney is in place due to incapacitation, that's going to make it difficult for you to change the decision on the account. And that's where it really behooves us to pay attention to our, our family members and our friends because we might be able to take other actions. And um, there's a couple of things that you might want to notice on these types of accounts. Maybe you see the caregiver or the, the money manager starting to take a lot of money out from the bank without explanation, and your friend or family member has a hard time explaining how that money was spent. Or maybe they say, I don't recall taking that money out of the bank. Another thing that we see sometimes is these bids for sympathy. You know, the caregiver or whomever it is is needing money to help them out with some big problem at home. Maybe the caregiver or the power of attorney is coming in with uh, the person to wire money out for things that don't seem necessary, or maybe they're not aware of what the wire is going to. And, you know, another red flag is suddenly the, the client isn't getting their bank statements or bills. They're being rerouted to somewhere else. Or maybe there's unusual gifts being given to family members or others or, or a new best friend, for example. So last week on Scamscot, we talked about things that you should kind of be aware of when you go visit your elderly relatives over the holidays. And one thing that we did touch on was how the caregivers are treating the seniors. Noticing things like you were talking about spending money on themselves, bills not being paid, all of a sudden the accounts balance is getting much lower than uh, mm -hmm. the situation warrants. So if you see something, if a family member sees some of these red flags, is there anything they can do? What, what do you recommend from the bank's perspective? Well, the first thing you can do is report it and, and get the authorities involved if you do think that this is going on. Um, unfortunately, due to privacy laws, if you're not on the account with that person, um, the bank's going to be very limited in what they can share with you. Um, but if you have gone to um, the authorities and have gotten the ball rolling in that regard, then the authorities can work with the bank to maybe freeze the account or do something to prevent those monies from, from being dispersed um, for wrong purposes. So that's probably the, the best rule of thumb. Reporting to uh, Adult Protective Services is also always a good thing to do. Um, but really, it's just being involved and asking questions um, and ultimately getting the right people to be the ones managing the money. You know, we, we often see family situations, for example, where the wrong person has gotten themselves added to the account and other family members come forward to, to alert the bank to something that might be going uh, wrong in that situation. Right. I know that we often get reports about the ne'er-do-well for example, son who comes home yes. ostensibly to take care of his elderly parents, and uh, he often has drug or alcohol problems, anger issues, and uh, before you know it, he has taken over the, uh, the parents' accounts, and they're not being properly cared for, 
their money is being drained, and it can be a very, very difficult situation to uh, extract yourself from if you're the elderly person who's relying on your on your child and he's not doing the right thing. So, like you say, it just behooves people to be very, very careful about who they trust. Sometimes, unfortunately, the people you should be able to trust the most are the ones you can trust the least. I mean, that's a very staggering um, figure that you gave. 90% of perpetrators were family, friends, or caregivers. These mm -hmm. are the people you should be able to trust the most. And at that's times, you really need to be careful. You know, I, I hesitate to give any kind of, of legal advice over over the, the radio show. But, but needless to say, a, a fiduciary is someone that, that's being granted um, the ability to, to act on your behalf. And there's, there's a lot to, to think about in terms of who you're granting access to act on your behalf. And also, there, there are obligations for that person acting in a, a fiduciary capacity. Um, I think one of the most important things that you can do as you're appointing somebody to act on your behalf is to establish some rules or guidelines. Uh, for example, don't ever, you know, commingle funds. Use the correct bank account to disperse expenses rather than paying for it yourself and getting reimbursed because it makes it very difficult to keep those records uh, detailed. And do keep detailed records as you go along of the work that you're doing, um, the expenses that you're paying, how much time you took, why you did it, um, to protect yourself. And as, and as well, you're um, ensuring that person can continue to trust you when they're managing your money. Uh, for those of us that are working with a paid caregiver to help with finances or bills, there's other banking recommendations that we can make um, to kind of limit the amount of damage that could be done if it was an untrustworthy person. For example, you can do a, a preloaded gift card with a limited balance. And, and that way, if fraud is occurring, you're limiting the, the amount of the liability to that uh, gift card and what's on the balance, and you can reload it as you get the receipts or as you get evidence that things are, are happening correctly. Um, you, can, you can get access to online banking to monitor transactions. We also have um, a debit card app that you can use that will alert you to transactions that are happening through your card or allow you to reduce the limit that the card can be spent on or establish geographical limitations. Um, so there's a lot that you can do when setting up these, these caregiver accounts. The best thing that you can do is, is go see your banker. Um, there are a, a series of guides out there that are put out by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and they're called Managing Someone Else's Money Guides, and they're really well done. But they talk about uh, the difference between uh, a fiduciary and, and granting a power of attorney. They give you great links and resources about where to go and um, some case studies. You, you can go to consumerfinance.gov and find these guides um, to, to be able to help you in, and understand what your role is as a fiduciary. Once you understand your role, or once you understand how you might be using somebody in that capacity on your own bank accounts, then you sit down with your banker and explain to them what your goals are and how you want to handle that money and any kind of rules that you might want to lay out and, and find out what your options are with, with the bank. Because a lot of banks are, are doing a lot in this space to make sure that the risk is overall limited. Good advice. There's one other uh, rule that came into effect in September of 2018. There's a new federal law that allows um, some financial caregivers to request a security freeze on your credit reports on a loved one's behalf. 
And that way you can help them not be a victim of identity theft if you think somebody's going to try to go out and get loans or open accounts in their names. And in order to do that, you've got to give the credit agency the proof of that authority before you can freeze and unfreeze their, their credits, either through a court order or a valid power of attorney. So, so there are some, some really great things that can come out of having a power of attorney. It's just important to understand those risks. If you are considering giving somebody power of attorney over your finances, maybe because you just can't get to the bank anymore and you're, you're unsure about how to bank online, you know, you just are perhaps housebound and even though you've got all your faculties, it's just more convenient to have somebody else pay mm-hmm. your bills and take charge. What about having another person, maybe a family friend that you totally trust, that would be completely uh, disinterested in in your. They're they're not going to be a, the person that's going to inherit your money. They've got no interest in your finances. What if you had them sort of oversee the uh, the power of attorney? In other words, they could get they would be authorized to get monthly statements, so they could just kind of act as a check to make sure the son or daughter or caregiver wasn't overstepping their their bounds. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, it, it depends on what your goals are uh, for your bank relationship and how you want to have that managed. Um, and each bank's going to do a little bit differently. They might require that that person be added as an account holder in order to get access to online banking and do the monitoring. Or they could just merely be getting copies of the statements from the account holder directly and then uh, monitoring the responsibilities on, on that regard. And again, okay. if you if you have granted a power of attorney to somebody and you are in that situation where you, where you are uh, able to make decisions, you just are busy and you have other things going on, in those cases, you have every right to revoke um, the power of attorney. Any- well, Laurel, thank you so much for giving us this very valuable and timely information. 